0: Hey everyone, it's Carol and welcome to Speakerman Speaks Retail, where we navigate retail from now to next by tracking my latest retail trajectories and through interviews with experts who help us chart the course, but always with tactics and takeaways for wherever you play in retail. I have a question for you. What do direct-to-consumer, private brands, and online marketplaces all have in common? Well, today I'm taking on a seven-syllable word that wraps all three together and plenty more. Yep, seven syllables. I'm talking about disintermediation. Isn't that a fun word? Okay, maybe it's just me. I've always liked it. But luckily, there are much easier and more familiar ways to talk about this concept. You can call it taking out the middleman, going to the source, or even if you want something done right, just do it yourself. But the disintermediation disruption has been one of my evergreen trajectories for years. Walmart was the original retail disintermediator taking out all kinds of intermediaries to cut cost. And Walmart just keeps on going, pushing into healthcare, financial services, and more. So the goal is the same. The methods and the motivations have just shifted. And this is happening on the brand side too, as brands go direct to consumer and reduce or even eliminate their dependence on traditional wholesale relationships. So whether that's opening branded stores, building owned e-commerce platforms, jumping into social commerce, or all of the above, Brands are basically going direct because they can. But I want to turn back to retailers because that's where another significant wave of disintermediation is manifesting right now. Retailers have gone from being ad buyers to ad sellers as they leverage their direct access to consumers and data collected from dedicated apps, loyalty programs, e-commerce, and POS systems. I forecasted this retailer as agency movement years ago, and now it's taking off like a rocket. Retailers are launching in-house ad agencies and media networks at a record pace. It's really crazy how fast this is accelerated. Announcements are coming right and left to the point where not having an in-house agency is becoming the exception rather than the rule. Just in the last couple of months, Best Buy launched a new arm of its in-house agency. Instacart expanded its ad network further, and Albertsons and Tesco launched their own media networks. Relative newcomers like Instacart are really getting aggressive in this space. Adweek reports that Instacart's network raked in $550 million in ad revenues last year. That's a five-fold increase, and the numbers are expected to hit $795 million this year. But what's unique about Instacart, it can pull from both retailers and brands. It works with about 4,000 CPG brands across the U.S. and Canada right now. It also counts 700 retail chains as customers. That's about 85% of the U.S. market. So, Instacart is basically disintermediating grocers, then circling back and tapping them as customers. What a business model, right? And even though retailer-owned media networks allow advertisers to target audiences and track sales lift in stores and online, e-commerce retail media networks give advertisers a much wider view of customers across multiple retailers. And it's really a triple whammy because now e-commerce networks are competing against their own customers' ad businesses. Customers like Albertson's that late last year launched Albertson's Media Collective. The media options outlined in Albertson's press release include placements on what it referred to as Albertson's owned properties. Put a pin in that because we're going to blow it out in a minute. But these owned properties were defined primarily through Albertson's online environment, including its homepage, category and subcategory listings, email and search. And it went on to throw in the Albertsons app, pharmacy, and off-site targeted ad placements for good measure. But the key word here is owned. If you track the trajectory of retailers' brands, you get to the same place, really. First, they were private labels, then private brands. Now, retailers have taken to calling them owned brands. Owned brands, owned properties, all of this goes back to my foundational trajectory that I've been talking about for years platform power, and platform monetization. Retailers are no longer just places that sell stuff. They're operating like the technology platforms that they've been modeling their businesses after and more and more acquiring. And these platforms now contain products, services, solutions, first-party data, and now what Albertsons is calling owned properties. So two things are really at work here. Ongoing disruptive disintermediation combined with a massive push toward platform monetization. Retailers have built up their platforms. These platforms are now brimming with digital and data assets. Now they're shopping their assets off. And as retailers shop their shops around, they're touting their digital reach to make the case for why brands should patronize their in-house agencies before looking around. As Albertsons attempts to fill the pipeline for its launch at the end of this month, it's wooing marketers by calling out its access to over 100 million shoppers in over 2200 stores and 27 million members for its U loyalty program. But retailers didn't suddenly become a bunch of Don Drapers. They didn't just sprout ad expertise. As we've talked about in many previous episodes, buy, build or bridge is the looming question for retailers. Deciding when it makes more sense to make acquisitions, to build solutions internally, or rely on outside partnerships. Well, many of these agency and media launches fall in that latter category. They may be portrayed as something that retailers are building internally, if only because these agencies tend to be branded as being part of each retail banner's platform. But retailers are leaning very heavily into partnerships to make them happen. For example, French retail powerhouse Carrefour's agency was launched in mid-2021, and they harnessed a trio of third parties to get things going and to build some big digital bridges. Carrefour hooked up with Google, online display ad agency Critio, and digital data powerhouse LiveRamp. And by the way, Critio jumped out from behind the curtain and ran a Super Bowl ad just last week, so obviously they've got some big B2B ambitions. Like most things Target, its in-house agency, Roundel, is wrapped inside Target's big brand. But it, too, is utilizing Criteo and others to bring it to life. Roundel is promoting what it calls brand-positive values and also its commitment to managing its brand partner's ad placements as tightly as Target manages its own. Roundel is also a great example of how much more sophisticated retailers' ad propositions have become. Before, a basic ad package would pretty much just involve running vendor ads on a retailer's website. But now, some retailers like Target are acting like pure-play media agencies. They're selling ad inventory outside of their own ecosystems. Roundel will buy placements on channels like Pinterest, PopSugar, or NBC Universal. But if Target's Roundel presents as a happy, got-your-back brand booster— Kroger's Precision Marketing is a multi-layered media arm that goes deep and wide, wrapping together influencer marketing, online advertising, in-store marketing, loyalty program linkages, new product launch levers, and so much more. And they do it with quite a bit of specificity. So each retailer is taking a very different approach. I found it surprising that Tesco took so long to up its ad game, especially given its long, long link with the data mavens over at Dunhumby. But it's certainly making up for lost time. Late last year, Tesco launched Media & Insights powered by Dunhumby. Tesco's leaning heavily into its loyalty program here, which makes all kinds of sense. The Tesco Club Card is used in 80% of transactions by more than 20 million households in the UK. Tesco can basically position as being a bigger fish and a relatively smaller pond. Its reach is already bigger than Sky, the UK's largest pay TV broadcaster. Tesco is touting basically the same assets menu as other retailers, but with one really interesting twist. Tesco is loading ad inventory into its Scan as you shop devices, which is going to allow brands to run ads based on store locations or even serve as kind of a recommendations engine for complementary products as customers are shopping in stores. Over 50 million transactions flow through Scan as you shop devices. So I think Tesco's hardware aspect is really interesting, and especially when you pair it with mobile capabilities. So that's just a snapshot of the booming retail ad business. It's a compelling proposition because retail media networks are very close to the point of purchase. So it's a lot easier for brands to see the value, to see how much they can influence a sale. Retailers can make some really concrete claims here. But why are so many retailers getting in on the game? Forrester estimates that retail media will be a $50 billion advertising business globally next year. That's quite a bit of incentive by itself. But these ad plays are also a powerful alternative revenue stream, one that will help turn e-commerce into a sustainable business. That's particularly important in categories like grocery. Grocery is a notoriously low-margin business, but having to build out delivery services and other convenience options only strains the system more. Ad slinging, though, can grab margins between 50 and 70 percent, so that's a powerful hedge. Retailers' ad businesses also help draw more website hits, and they help retailers become players on the search front. Meanwhile, third-party cookies are set to vanish, and without them, brands have to find new ways to reach and engage with customers. Retailers are stepping in to fill the void. It really is a perfect moment and perfect storm for retailers to make this play. And retailers have a lot of clout to push it over the finish line. So there's a bit of carrot here and quite a bit of stick. Retailers will use their bully pulpit to, let's just say, encourage brands to play ball with them. Will brands that do get preferential treatment? I can't imagine that they won't. So major agencies are in direct competition with retailers right now. And soon, retailers are gonna be in fierce competition with one another for ad dollars. From there, things are going to get complicated. It's gonna be hard for brands to navigate this really cluttered landscape. One reason is that retailers wanna keep the firewalls up, so having any kind of outside entity peeking across multiple retailers just won't fly. Brands are starting to get around that by creating internal centers of excellence that help them keep track of their options. Right now, about 96% of CPGs have a center of excellence to manage their retail media spends. As it stands now, many brands are still using traditional agencies to help place deals with different media networks. But the next disintermediation disruption may take that right off the table. Retailers like Target will continue to expand their reach further outside their walls. So the disintermediation of advertising is going to sprout waves of many middleman extractions until traditional agencies are extinct or completely reimagined, It may seem counterintuitive, but I think all this is going to be a real benefit to some third-party research and data companies. Retailers may have a credible story to tell about knowing their customers better than anyone else and selling that knowledge and access to brands. But at some point, you're gonna wanna see the bigger picture. Third-party data companies can go hard on that position as an alternative to retailers' more myopic view of the customer. Obviously, all of this is going to be disruptive for agencies. For the short term, doubling down on that advisory angle and positioning as being an agnostic resource is going to be a really good play as everybody gets really thirsty. Brands would be wise to acknowledge and learn more about retailers' ad offerings and the nuances between all these different ad portfolios. No two are going to be the same, and retailers will be more than happy to call out the differences. So I encourage brands to start these conversations. By all means, don't wait for retailers to do it. Disintermediation, a seven-syllable word with massive implications. You're going to be hearing so much about retailers going mad for ads this year. And as always, I'll keep tracking the trajectory. And speaking of ads, for those of you in the retail graphics solutions business, I'm speaking at the Spire Conference in Fort Lauderdale this week on the 22nd. I'll be presenting on the future of brick and mortar and giving a condensed retail B2B positioning masterclass. It's going to be a great two-parter, and I'm looking forward to connecting with all the folks that make brick and mortar come to life. I'm also hosting an upcoming retail wire panel on the impact of inflation on retail on March 16th and joining an expert panel on the future of direct-to-consumer with Industry Dive. Stay tuned for more details. Thank you for listening in today. I've got some exciting trajectories and interviews planned for you up ahead. In the meantime, I'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, ideas, or stories to share. You can ping me at carol at speakermanretail.com or hit my site at speakermanretail.com to check out more insights, subscribe to my updates, and get the latest on more events and other happenings. And if you like what you're hearing, please do like, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. See you next time.